And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Go, man. Tear it off, dude. You're listening to Here's the Catch with David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and Dennis Brown on the Athletic Podcast Network. Well, we're here. We're at the meat of the schedule. I think that the next two weeks for the 49ers are an inflection point. They play the Cardinals, and then they play the Rams, both NFC West showdowns at Levi Stadium. This, of course, is coming off the 49ers' first win in over a month against the Bears, so they're 3-4. and four. They're actually tied in the loss column for that final wild card spot, so the 49ers' destiny is in front of them. They control it, but uh, there are bigger and better things potentially at play, and even if they do just end up squeaking in, with that final wild card spot by the time this is all said and done. By the way, there are still 10 games left. So there's still a lot of football left. But even if that is the route that the 49ers take, they're going to have to see some success against their own division. And the chance to establish that success or the chance to fail in the face of NFC West adversity is sitting on the 49ers' doorstep right now. It's going to start with the Cardinals on Sunday and then continue with the Rams the following Monday night. Matt, do you agree? Do you see these next two games as really a bellwether for how the rest of this 49ers season might go? Yeah, for sure. And and I think they've got a, a real opportunity here. I mean, um, they just played this same Cardinals team uh, in week five, and the 49ers obviously were undermanned for that one. No George Kittle, no Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, and they, they still fought in that game, and, and they had a chance to – to win that game in Arizona. This game's at Levi Stadium, and really it's the Cardinals. 49ers still have some injury issues for sure, but it's the Cardinals that are starting to uh, get bit by that injury bug. On Wednesday's practice, Dennis, uh, they practice without uh, Kyler Murray with an ankle. Uh, J.J. Watt's not going to be there. Uh, Obviously, he was prominent, very prominent in that Week 5 game. And then DeAndre Hopkins uh, missed the uh, practice with uh, a hamstring strain. We should also add that A.J. Green is on the COVID list. So a lot of missing Cardinals for that game. And I'm just going to read off real quick what DeAndre Hopkins has done to the 49ers. Uh, In in 2017, he he was with the Texans. Uh, 11 catches. That's... uh, I, I said that right. 11 catches, 149 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, a couple years later, he's traded to the Cardinals. The first game against the 49ers, 14 catches, 151 yards. And in this last game in week five, he had six uh, and 87 yards and a touchdown. Point being, this guy has absolutely ravished the 49ers. Uh, you know, Emmanuel Mosley, no matter who's out there, DeAndre Hop- uh, Hopkins has gobbled them up. So if he's not 100%, or if he's not out there, that is a a big win, I think, for this 49ers defense. I hate to to wish upon any athlete any injury, but I hope the the injury gods look down on the 49ers for once. 
Uh, and if you don't have a Kyler Murray or DeAndre Hopkins on the field, it is definitely a win for you. But I think the team has to move forward and kind of plan to have those guys on the field. And you got to figure out how you're going to do it. I think that the, the first matchup with the Cardinals, the defense did a really good job. I think he only had maybe one yard rushing, but he kind of ate you up down the field. I don't know what, what DeAndre's uh, numbers were uh, in that first game, but I'm sure he had, had a really good game. But uh, you have to prepare for it. And the good thing about it is this is a team that you've played twice a year. You know what Kyler Murray brings to the table. You know what DeAndre Hopkins brings to the, to the table. So you just have to get better. You have to be up and be prepared. The rest of the receiving crew is not bad either. So you have to figure out a way how you want to defend this team. Uh, I think it's going to be when the game's going to be won or lost at the line of scrimmage, like always. Pass rush has to get there. You got to bottle whoever the quarterback is. You got to get in quarterback's face, uh, and you have to get after this team on offense because uh, they can put up a lot of lot of points and do a lot of points, get up a lot of points, and score really quickly. Very explosive uh, offense. So whoever's out there, uh, quarterback or receiver. I think you know what you have to do on defense and you have to play not uh, not a better game or not not a game like against Chicago Bears. It's a different offense, but you got to play better than you played against the Chicago uh, Bears. You have to be your A game has to be up. You have to be able to attack this offense because it can make for a long day if you don't. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Well, we saw the Cardinals a couple weeks ago. Uh, this is a standard air raid offense. They they have a balanced uh, assortment of receiving production. So if you take DeAndre Hopkins out of the equation because he's questionable, uh, you still have guys like Rondale Moore, guys like Christian Kirk. I mean, they, they've been spreading the ball around. And since the 49ers last played Arizona, the Cardinals have picked up Zach Ertz. That's because their tight end who in the air raid lines up as a receiver much of the time. Uh, that was Max Williams. He suffered a severe injury against the 49ers. So Ertz is now there. You might say that Ertz, as far as the ability to be a possession receiver is an upgrade over Max Williams. So the 49ers are going to have to adapt to that. But more than anything, they're going to have to adapt to the fact that Arizona distributes the football all over the field. So you have to be on your P's and Q's defensively. It, you know, it's like if you're trying to uh, kick kill a, a tree, you cut off one of the branches, not going to kill the tree, right? There's a lot of branches in this Arizona offense. Now the root 
who's Kyler Murray, he might not play, and that's a big deal because Kyler Murray is the the one who makes this all tick for the Cardinals. He's able to distribute that ball efficiently. He's come such a long way since his rookie season under Cliff Kingsbury in 2019. Not having Kyler Murray would be a big problem for the Arizona Cardinals because, A, Colt McCoy, the backup, is not nearly as mobile. He's not mobile at all, but uh, compared to Kyler Murray, that's truly night and day. And B, on top of the lack of mobility, you would have to believe there's a drop-off in terms of ball distribution downfield because Murray has matured within the context of Kingsbury's offense. So there's a reason why the 49ers opened this week as underdogs and are now one-point favorites. And the biggest reason is Kyler Murray's questionable status with that ankle injury right now. That being said, no matter how much you talk about this Arizona offense versus the 49ers defense, I still think in this league it comes down to how well your own team plays offense. And and we're talking about the 49ers right now. They turned around a, a very mediocre defensive performance against the Bears last week by just putting the stomp on offensively in the second half. And they face a better defense in the Cardinals this week. But if they can do the same thing, if they can play efficient outside zone football with good passing from Jimmy Garoppolo, I think the 49ers should be in the driver's seat again come Sunday. Yeah, I agree with you. And both of the stars of that Bears game, the non-Garoppolo stars, Elijah Mitchell and Debo Samuel, both of them missed practice on Wednesday. Shanahan was optimistic that Debo Samuel, who also missed it the Wednesday practice last week, would play against Arizona. He didn't seem quite as certain about Elijah Mitchell, and I I think that's a a big deal because you're absolutely right. It was his rushing. It was the play of the offensive line plus Mitchell that really sort of laid the foundation for that win. And my contention is that that was the big issue early in the season when this offense was so wobbly. They lost Raheem Mostert, and then Mitchell got hurt right away in week two and then missed the next two games. And then I'm I'm looking at this, uh, this Cardinals game in week five. He was back for that game, but he only rushed the ball nine times. Of course, that was the game that Trey Lance had the 16 rushes. Uh, So I I think it was clear that Mitchell wasn't quite 100% healed from the shoulder injury he was dealing with at that point. And now he's dealing with a rib issue. So um, my guess is that maybe he does play, but it's going to be a bigger Trey Sermon game. And the last time the 49ers had some some issues at tailback, um, that's when things started to go off balance a little bit. So they've got to be able to work around that, and hopefully that Sermon has made uh, enough strides in these last uh, uh, four or five weeks that uh, he, they can sort of rely on him like a, like a top back. And really, that hasn't been the case so far, Dennis. Um, we, we noted this after the Bears game. That was the second straight game that Trey Sermon didn't get a single snap on offense. And uh, if they're going to do anything, if they're going to be stable, if they're going to get another good game from Jimmy Garoppolo, they have to have that running game firing. And they have to have that running game firing without possibly Elijah Mitchell back there at tailback. Yeah. And I think we all know what the recipe for any kind of success or this offense being in in any type of rhythm is the run game. And Elijah Mitchell's done that. Uh, When he's been in there, he's had two back-to-back over over 100 yard game games and the the offense actually looks like it's you know it's it's doing a little bit of something so you know whatever happens uh Kyle Shanahan again he's going to be you know if if his run game doesn't work out he's going to have to really depend on Jimmy Garoppolo I think Jimmy Garoppolo played one of his better games against the Bears and he had that run game yes but he was also able to to hit a different, Debo had a great game, but but uh, 
But Brandon Ayuk finally showed up and he was able to find him a lot of key passes. So I think that's the key, you know, to this. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is the key to the offense, but he needs that run game. He needs a lot of weapons around him. And I think he needs a lot of plays. Kyle Shanahan has to get Kyle Shanahan has to get back into his playbook and understand kind of what helps Jimmy Garoppolo Garoppolo out a lot in the in the passing game is you know these bubble screens, uh, you know these 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 uh, uh, quick quick uh, hits to uh, Brandon Ayuk in the in the rounds anything that's going to get the ball in his hand so he can kind of get in his own rhythm. But against the Bears, it really felt like. You know, I know Cal Shanahan talks about, you know, getting into a, a play calling rhythm, but it depends on what the offense is doing if you're being successful uh, on the field. So I, I felt like both Cal Shanahan and the San Francisco 49ers offense found some type of rhythm. And yes, it starts with the run game. Whoever's going to be out there, I mean, it's going to be an important part. And then that offensive line, let's not forget about the offensive line. I know Trent Williams is dealing with a couple of different injuries, but it's going to be important that this offensive line can continue to open up the holes um, so running backs can run for these uh, these big explosive plays. And that's what this offense is based on, some, you know, some two and three yards and then kind of a big explosive play. And that's what kind of gets this offense into rhythm and what they did against the Bears. Well, if you look at the PFF grades for the offensive line cumulatively, uh, up until this season, you had seen a relatively consistent split. In 2020, it was number two ranking in the run blocking grade for the 49ers offensive line and number 25 in pass blocking. It was a similar split in 2019. I think it, it wasn't too different in 2018. So throughout the Shanahan era, the 49ers were really good at run blocking, but they lacked in the pass blocking department. Well, guess what it is this year? It's number four run blocking, number four pass blocking. That offensive line has been doing work in both facets of the blocking game. I don't think that they've gotten the credit that they deserve for it because the 49ers have gone through such turmoil at the running back position that uh, the, the rushing efficiency and the rushing explosiveness just wasn't there to show for what was actually decent run blocking. But over the course of the past two weeks, that has changed. The most productive back in football relative to the room that he's had to run, has been Elijah Mitchell, if you look at the rushing yards over expectation. And I have a theory for this. I think, obviously, he was dealing with all those injury issues early, and he was also a rookie, so he was you know, just not quite as adept at hitting the right holes, which are often just small creases in that outside zone that Shanahan specifically tailors for a speedy back to hit. That's why we say that this offense was built for Raheem Mostert and why the 49ers have missed Mostert so much. Well, Mitchell was incapable just because of his inexperience of doing a lot of the stuff that, that Mostert could, could do early in the season. But over the past two weeks, he's really started to hit those tiny holes on the outside. And, you know, being in person at that game in Chicago – you sit in that press box and you have kind of a diagonal angle. You're sitting over the pylon in the end zone. So I got a chance to see some of these outside zone plays develop. And these would be the tiniest holes, the tiniest creases on the outside on those pitch plays. But Mitchell was able to fit through them, a combination of speed, instinct, and now I think experience within this offense. So 
to me, that run game, that outside zone run game is the key for everything. I know Dennis just alluded to it, but you stretch the defense out. It gets so much easier to run play action. Jimmy Garoppolo has room to throw downfield. Great stat for me this past game. Garoppolo's 11.5 yards per attempt off play action, 11.5 yards per attempt off of straight drops. And that means that it, you know, it wasn't just the play fakes coming off of these runs. It was the fact that the defense was stretched out regardless because of the clicking outside zone game. And uh, you know that that to me that you know the variable that's changed is Elijah Mitchell and his experience. So Matt, I think that's the huge story entering this game. He has a rib injury right now. Will he be able to play? Because so far, you know, not Raheem Mostert. I don't I count that as a wash. I mean, he was done after a couple plays this season. But so far, the 49ers without a back named Elijah Mitchell running effectively and running with experience, they haven't been able to be consistent offensively. But I think Elijah Mitchell is the potential ticket to consistency because of how well he runs the outside zone. Yeah, the the unfortunate thing about Elijah Mitchell and his comparison to Raheem Mostert is that, like Raheem Mostert, he can't stay healthy. Uh, he started four games and uh, has had uh, an injury in two of them. So that, that's got to be something they think about moving forward. And, and it re-raises the, the issue of Trey Thurman. I mean, why is, is Mitchell... Um, you know, getting 20, I mean, getting the lion's share, getting nearly all of the, the carries, um, they need to start thinking about doling those out to Sermon as well. I mean, it, it raises all sorts of questions. I mean, if Mitchell's so good at those outside zone runs, and if those outside zone runs are, are so essential to this offense, why did they choose in the third round Trey Sermon, a guy who obviously at this stage at least isn't quite as up to speed. Obviously, they, they think that he'll get there, but he went into the season as the number two guy. So there, there was something that they were seeing from him uh, when they were evaluating him in college that they're just not seeing at this point. Uh, and uh, if Mitchell's hurt, they need to start seeing it quickly. We, we should note that they made a lot of changes to their practice squad this week, uh, and they didn't add any running backs. In fact, they, they cut a running back, Jaquez Patrick. So that leads me to think that they're at least optimistic that Mitchell will be there because if he's not, it's just Jermichael Hasty and Trey Sermon. And that's not that's not a, a very good recipe uh, for, for winning. But um, that's, uh, you know, moving forward, Raheem Mostert, Dennis, is not signed for next season. Certainly no guarantee that he's going to be on the roster next year. Mitchell will be, but uh, he's gotten hurt already a couple of times. So that's a position uh, kind of looking ahead that they've got to secure because it's so important to this team. And my question is, you know, maybe I've been covering the 49ers for too long, but what is it about 49er running backs that they get so banged up? I would love to, you know, talk to a Roger Craig or a Ricky Waters about, you know, just because it, it just seems like every season there's not a running back that can finish the season without missing two or three football games. And I don't I don't know if, if it's if it's just a different athlete, but it just feels like the 49ers have a lot of beat up running backs. And it's and it's consistent since Kyle Shanahan has become head coach. And, you know, I know, you know, Frank Gore played forever. But uh, he didn't miss many football games. But it, it really feels like that this running back room, you just get beat up. I don't know if it's the style of offense, 
Uh, I don't know if it's it's how they practice or whatever it is. I mean, can you guys give me some insight? What is it? Why are these running backs so beat up? Well, I think it the athletic profile that you mentioned is probably culprit number one. It, you, you're looking for extremely fast guys, so you have to run light on your feet. However, when you're lighter on your feet, you're probably lighter in general. And when you take a big collision, as is the case uh, often in the NFL, being a little bit lighter probably means that uh, you're more susceptible to some of those injuries. That, that would be my theory. Uh, obviously, running with great burst and great violence, especially when, like an NFL player, you are saddled with muscle, uh, might also be correlated with some more ligament injuries and you know knee injuries, all this and all that, because you are straining the human body to max performance. And whenever that happens, injuries can happen. You're pushing a limit. Uh, those are just you know my layman's theories. Matt, do you have any other ideas? Well, uh, Shanahan spent uh, Wednesday talking about calf injuries and he was talking about pass catchers. He was talking about uh, George Kittle and Debo Samuel and, and even Julio Jones, who he, he coached for two seasons in Atlanta. And he was saying that guys that big, uh, we're talking 220 pounds and up with that group, uh, when they're also really fast, they're putting so much uh, torque, so much pressure whenever they stick their foot in the ground. They are putting uh, a lot of force onto that foot, which creates uh, issues for the calf muscle. Um, so I, I wonder if that's part of what's happening with the 49ers running backs. Um, there hasn't been calf. It's certainly been knee for uh, Raheem Mostert. The, the Mitchell injuries, Dennis, have both been sort of contact, sort of old-fashioned type of injuries. It was him lowering his shoulder, remember, on that goal line play in Philadelphia in week two. And I'm not sure exactly what play he hurt his ribs on, but seems like a, a tackling uh, issue. And um, uh, for that, I, I agree with David. I mean, uh, you, you want him to be super fast, but uh, you have to have the bulk. You have to have the the mass in order to be a running back. It's an interesting position. I mean, it would be really interesting to kind of look at that position over the decades it just doesn't seem like colleges or the nfl are churning out running backs i mean it's it's not a marquee position anymore and i wonder whether athletes aren't becoming running backs whether they're becoming more wide receivers and quarterbacks or what but you know saquon barkley christian mccafferty the big guy in, in tennessee that's it it used to be the position in the nfl now it seems like it's sort of a, an afterthought. May I add that the big guy in Tennessee just just got hurt. So, yeah. I mean, you know, maybe it's just a running back thing because you are taking more abuse from more guys than a player that's out in space like a receiver, right? So the 49ers are – here's the problem. It's been thoroughly disproven this season that any running back can work in Shanahan's this system. I mean, that's why the 49ers have been struggling is because not any running back can work in the system. You have to have a specific speed skill set, a specific burst to make that outside zone work, right? So the 49ers are here relying on – a certain type of running back and you know particular running backs to make their offensive system work while that also happens to to be one of the most injured positions in all of football and if one of the most injured teams in all of football is relying on a position that just in general happens to be one of the most injured positions in football you can see why the 49ers are in the bind that they're currently in you go out and you and you get a guy like a Trey Sermon and he's a bigger guy right he's a 6 foot 
215-pound running back. So, you know, you have to kind of, you know, I know you don't want him dancing in the, you want him to hit those outside zone reads fast, kind of a one cut, but that's not kind of his style. Maybe his style is in between the tackles and, you know, maybe that's where the challenge is. But I think Kyle might, Kyle, Kyle Shanahan might see a little bit and start thinking, I need to get a bigger back and get some bigger offensive line. You go out and you get, you get some bigger offensive linemen that can kind of grind in the middle and then you get a bigger back that can maybe run in between the tackles a little bit better. So, you know, I think maybe he realizes that there's a specific running back that he needs as far as speed to get those outside reads. But then he also sees that a lot of his running backs end up getting hurt a lot because they're taking so much pounding on the outside, linebackers and defensive linemen falling on them. So I think that's why you go to a bigger back like Trey. Uh, hoping that he can kind of run in the middle and maybe be a little more durable, but he just quite hasn't gotten there yet. It's just, you know, it's I'm going to try to call Ricky Waters and see, you know, his thoughts on the running backs. I don't remember. I'm sure he was injured, but I I can't remember him, you know, missing three or four games, uh, especially that 94 year with any type of injury. So it'll be interesting to see what his perspective is. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I have a thought, and this this might be a dual-track kind of thing. I, I want to hear what you guys have to, to, to think of this, but it's very possible that Shanahan is, just like he is in the quarterback room, running a short-term slash long-term plan simultaneously at running back. And also along the offensive line. Remember the 49ers surprised a lot of people by drafting an offensive guard as big as Aaron Banks. He's obviously still on the shelf right now, not currently playing. Uh, also surprised some people by trading up to be able to get Trey Sermon, who, yes, he, he did show some burst at Ohio State, but as Dennis said, larger than the prototypical Shanahan running back. I think it's entirely possible that that Shanahan you know, has some of these guys like Banks and um, and Sermon on a sort of back burner for the Trey Lance era. Because once Trey Lance takes over full time, maybe some of that outside running will be satisfied by the quarterback's legs. And they're going to be doing a lot of read option. We know that. And when they do read option, you're going to need those inside runs in between the tackles from the running back. And you're going to need some more beef on the inside. So uh, maybe Shanahan sees a future where he's running a, a lot of read option, obviously, as the basis or one of the running bases of his offense. And he has Sermon running in between the tackles. 
And he has a, a quarterback like Trey Lance darting or faking, at least, to the outside. And for right now, while he's still running the Jimmy Garoppolo offense, he needs the speedster like Elijah Mitchell to burst out and do that outside zone because Garoppolo's not stretching defenses with his own legs. Do, do you see that as a potential possibility, Matt, that Shanahan is trying to satisfy both short-term and long-term interests with his rushing personnel? Well, I think he's doing that in general this season. The, the only thing that would go against that idea was that in week five, it was a, a Trey Lance game, and so there, there should have been a lot of read option. And Mitchell was was still banged up for that game. Uh, he, he wasn't 100%. And yet, Trey Sermon, who said before that game, I remember him saying that, you know, he did a lot of read option uh, in college. He felt really comfortable with uh, Trey Lance in, in practice doing that. He only gets one carry in that game. So they had an opportunity to sort of uh, showcase that in week five, and they didn't. I think it's more of a uh, just a reluctance to, to play rookies this year. Um, you know, if, if this was 2017, I'm... Absolutely positive that Aaron Banks would be in the game. I'm absolutely positive D'Amador Lenore would be getting starts right now. They still think that they're they're in the thick of this, and they don't want to kind of give things over to the rookies uh, quite yet. So um, you know, it's not just just not just offense. I, I mentioned Lenore and Ambry Thomas. Both of those guys have been healthy scratches the, the last two games. I think that as long as the 49ers have a shot at that wild card, these rookies are going to have a hard time finding playing time. Once that's out of the question, then they're going to start to see the starts and see the playing time that uh, a lot of fans, I think, are hoping to see from this rookie class. Yeah. And Dave, I like what you're, you know, what you're saying, kind of planning for the future. And it puts, you know, Kyle Shanahan kind of in a, in a tough spot because, you know, he's not winning football games. So I think if he was winning football games, he could start planning for the future with his future franchise quarterback, Trey Lance, and his future running back and a read option style offense. But right now, I think he's kind of stuck because you're not winning football games. And the guy that you thought that was going to be, you know, a good uh, starting quarterback has struggled a little bit besides last week. So I think I think last week, if we would have saw a loss against the Bears, like you said, Matt, I think you would have seen more rookies getting playing time as you kind of move on to the future and try to get these guys some looks. But I think right now, Kyle Shanahan probably has that idea in his head. Like I got some bigger offensive linemen. I've got a bigger running back. I'm going to have a quarterback that's going to be a dual threat, get to the outside, stretch a, stretch a defense out with his arms and maybe, you know, get some plays with his legs. Uh, but right now he's looking up and he's like, I'm at the, I'm, you know, I'm close to the bottom of my division. And I, you know, at that point, he had lost four games in a row. So I think I think he's in a, you know, he has to develop a quarterback and he has to also look to the future. But it makes it a lot easier when you win in football games. So I think, you know, right now he's going to stay what he has. He's got Jimmy Garoppolo if he can stay healthy. Uh, and he's got Elijah, Elijah Mitchell if he can stay healthy. And I think he's going to stay on, on course on his game plan now, which is that that zone read type of thing, that outside read. Uh, but I do think in the future, because, you know, he's got a couple pretty big offensive linemen that he can kind of put in there in the middle. And he's got a big running back uh, that can run in between the tackles. And like Matt said, he's he, Trey's done it a lot in the uh, in college. It's something he's familiar with. And it's also something that Trey Lance is familiar with. So I think in the future, you might see more of that because of the the guys that he's drafting, the bigger guys, the bulkier guys that can take a little more, you know, contact impact throughout the season. 
And in the present, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is coming off of his best game, I think, since 2019. So, you know, I think that puts some wind at Shanahan's sales and at the back of the 49ers' sales to believe that they can get something done here in the near term. And this brings us back to the top of the show where we talked about these next two games being an inflection point. Took the 49ers' offense a little bit to get going against the Bears, but once they did in the second half, it was impressive. Now they have the Cardinals, who have the number two ranked defense in the entire league by all the advanced metrics coming in and the 49ers are going to have to try to replicate that offensively and then obviously the Rams come into Levi Stadium they now have Vaughn Miller so they're trying to get back up into the ranks of the defensive elite but if the 49ers can find a way to win these next two games it's Jacksonville after that they'll obviously be favored for that one the pathway to six and four is potentially there, right? It's about getting the best of the opponent in front of you. And first that's Arizona, and then it's the Rams. There's a chance, obviously, that both Arizona and the Rams beat the 49ers, in which case we're back to the situation before the Chicago game and will be significantly later in the season. And that means that the 49ers will have to start thinking long and hard about really dedicating time to developing rookies and developing the future. But we're not at that point yet, and the 49ers are coming off this win, and they still think that they can make a real move in this season. And if we look at it from that perspective, I think the 49ers defense needs to get at least a little bit better, and I think the 49ers offense needs to be driving this train this year because I don't see that defensive ceiling being as high as it used to be without you know Javon Kinlaw, without Jason Verrett. I think this is going to be an offensive show for the 49ers this year. And as of right now, the ball is still in Garoppolo's court. It's still in Debo Samuel's court. And a guy named George Kittle is going to be coming back this week. Yeah, and, and we should point out that uh, George Kittle, this is a prominent return to practice, was back on Wednesday. He wasn't quite full speed, but all indications are that uh, he's put that calf injury behind him and that he'll play in this game. So George Kittle wasn't part of that week five game. He'll be back. We saw Brandon Ayuk start to take off. I mean, it was only a 45-yard game for him. Certainly not what he was up to last season uh, when he led the 49ers in, in receiving, but it's, it's looking good for him as well. So Garoppolo will have some targets to throw to. We'll have to monitor the Elijah Mitchell situation, but uh, it's looking promising. One team is sort of uh, sloping upward on the injury front. The other team, the Cardinals, is starting to go in the opposite direction. So that's sort of the backdrop for this game uh, on Sunday. We'll talk to you immediately afterwards. And for now, this is Matt Barrows for Dennis Brown and David Lombardi signing off on Here's the Catch.